Papa loves mambo. Mama loves mambo. Hello and welcome to Books, the podcast, the only podcast about books. I'm Tim. I'm Tom. And we're booksmen. You're reading a real, real, a real page turner book. Tim, uh, I mean, it'll be discussed on the on the regular podcast this week, but I was away uh, on vacation, and one of the things I was very excited about being away on vacation for was to be able to read uh, books. Um, and I did not pack this Papa John book with me, so I I read uh, I I I caught up once I was back home. It was an it was nice to be reading other books that were not uh, uh, this book, uh, just for leisure. Oh, what other books were you cheating on this book with? Well, I'll tell you what. Actually, the book that I was reading purely for leisure was a real bad idea of a book to be reading right now. It was, uh, you know, this book, Station Eleven. Uh, the station agent. Not the I knew. And what is the station agent, Tim? You've been ma- you make that joke whenever somebody says station. You don't even know what that is. Is that movie? Uh, with the with the man. Yeah. From uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah, Tyronius or whatever. Tyron, I think, was his character. I've never seen even a minute of Game of Thrones. <laughs> um. So, uh, no, the book I was reading on vacation was Station Eleven, which is about a uh, global pandemic. Of course, the uh, fabled <laughs> flight that uh, uh, the spacecraft that uh, went to the moon and something went wrong. It's Apollo Eleven. You're thinking of it's Apollo Thirteen, actually. <laughs> <laughs> right, Apollo Eleven was the one that landed on the moon. Yeah. Um, no, it's about a global pandemic killing 99.99% of the population, <laughs> um, which... The, the only survivors were at Station Eleven? No. Uh, I don't want to explain what Station Eleven is. I didn't finish the book yet, to be clear, either. Um, but, uh, yeah. Uh, I was glad that pretty quickly into the book, like, this, this isn't a spoiler... But like the parts I'm reading, it's about like the pandemic starting and spreading throughout the world and people like prepping and stuff. But uh, it was much different than what's going on now, because this was uh, a virus that killed like within 24 hours. Uh, Um, Have you prepped at all? A little bit. Uh, I do have a lot of hand sanitizer because I noticed that that was the stock was dwindling. Yeah, I think hand sanitizer is a scam. <laughs> Were you the president? No, because like it's not better than washing your hands. No, but it's it's easier. You can carry it around with you. That's true. When washing your hands, that's yeah. what I use it for. Okay, that's like when washing my hands isn't an option. So I have a big thing of hand sanitizer here, but mostly what I've been using been it for. It. <laughs> yeah, it's drinking it. Uh, no, uh, not not even mostly. Like, but one of the things I use it for was to refill a tiny hand okay, sanitizer okay. that I carry around with me. Um, so I've done that. I bought some uh, disinfectant wipes today, and uh, I kind of got. Butt. No, I don't need to disinfect my butt. Um, I kind of got shamed at the register because I bought like the store brand ones uh-huh. and the woman was like, oh, we ran out of the Clorox ones. <laughs> and I was like, well, no, I just wanted to buy the cheaper ones. I don't know. I it's figured they're, the same. It's they're probably bleach. the same. Yeah. yeah, it's just a bleach. It's just a piece of paper soaked in bleach. <laughs> um, those are the two things I've bought. Uh, that's really all. I mean, I have other prepper stuff. <laughs> Yeah, I have camp stuff that doubles as prep stuff, but yeah. I do keep some of it in a go bag, so it's all in one place. Yeah, I mean, are you prepping for not like if I was going to prep for anything for the coronavirus right now, it would be to be in my apartment, not able to leave for a month or whatever. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm, I'm not thinking about like oh, I'm going to need a camping stove in my apartment, right? And like uh, oh, and I'm going to have to fill my bathtub with with water, right? Is it right. Um, and but, actually, the I read a thing that was kind of like a uh, I'll fill my bathtub with water if I'm going to take a bath, right? And bubbles. Yeah. 
<laughs> have you stocked up on bubbles? Oh, I stocked up on bubbles because yeah. I've heard that those are going to be hard to find <laughs> if, if shit really hits the fan. Uh, no, I read like a like reasonable uh, guide for like what's going on right now. And they were like, it wouldn't be a terrible idea to slowly stock up on non-perishable food. Yeah, I'm going out tomorrow time. I got my plan. I'm going to buy some dried beans because I have an instant pot. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to buy uh, some rice. That's my That's uh, bong, bong sound. Yeah. yeah, yeah, instant pot, oh, man. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to buy some rice mm-hmm. again. Rice and beans. Pot. Yeah. Uh, here's what I'm going to do. I had some night. I had some bad rice and beans when I was in Key West. Oh, really? Um, I need to save it for the Key West episode. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I don't. It was just that it has cilantro, and I'm one of the people. You're that, one of those people. Yeah, cilantro tastes. Of course, tastes, you are. Cilantro tastes Do like I say soap that every to time me. You say yeah, that? yeah. And I wish it weren't the case. I and know. Honestly, you most know of why? the it's the best. Most of the time, I'll still eat it <laughs> because I like rice and beans so much. Yeah. But this is like a lot of cilantro, and I, I just couldn't eat it. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, it's genetic, man. You can't be mad at me. You I'm can't say, of course you are. Uh, I can say whatever I want to you, Tom. <laughs> a court order saying I can say whatever I want. I'm also one of those people that uh, sneezes when they see the sun. Me too. Yeah. I find that charming. That's, <laughs> I don't know if I necessarily find it charming. It kind of bothers me because it's like literally a short circuit in your brain. Yeah, but it is nice when you're a trying nice to force. cleansing sneeze. No, when you're trying to force. Oh, and when, then you like, can just look at the sun. You're on the verge of sneezing and you're like, ah, and you, all you want to do is sneeze. Uh-huh. Just look uh-huh. to the skies, my friend. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know that's the way I sneeze, nice and <laughs> ladylike. And I'm gonna buy some yeast and bread flour, man. Oh come on! Well, now you're going too far. Why? You're gonna bake your own bread if things get desperate enough. I've been baking my own bread. Guess what? There's a Mark Bittman recipe. It, it takes like a day. It, like it, it, you need it <laughs> once an entire day. It's 24 hours of work. You have a loaf of bread. <laughs> no, it's not. You, you let it sit most of the time, and it grows and Mark, grows and grows. I don't even know who Mark Bittman is. You know who Mark Tell, Bittman is? Give me a, a, a recipe for Marklin Baker, and sure. <laughs> oh yeah, well he's got Baker right in his name. Yeah, well that's true. <laughs> no, we I've been making bread, and guess what? Here's the thing. I'm gonna want to have. Oh, fuck. What? Well, I'm gonna have peanut butter sandwiches. <laughs> Sounds like you're going to have rice and bean sandwiches. <laughs> no, pe- I'm going to get peanut butter too, Tom. Oh, okay. Almond butter, maybe some cashew butter. Uh-huh. And I have all the nut butters. Um, but find me a way that I can get shelf-stable cheese. That's what I need. Uh, cheese I mean, whiz? Yeah. Well, if you're going to keep it in the fridge, you can just get processed cheese. That stuff lasts yeah, like a very American long time. Cheese will- yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah. Because like, here's what the thing. That's honestly, that's like what I buy for my sandwiches just because I don't go through it fast yeah. enough. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, here's the thing. I want to buy this stuff and I'm mm. not going to like cycle it in and out. Like I'll have rice and beans. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm going to just leave it somewhere until. The end times. If if necessary, I need to be. Like, right. Not go right. outside for a while. Um. So like, I don't know. I might not get to this cheese for like three months. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it will last that long. I'm sure you can get like cheese powder that will will keep forever. Whey. Maybe I'll just buy whey. <laughs> I don't know if you can just go to the supermarket and be like, uh, where, where's your whey section? Hmm. Have to go to a it's next to the curds. <laughs> don't mix them. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's that's been my level of prepping so far. What do you think Papa John's doing to prep? <sighs> <laughs> ordering more than 40 pizzas every 30 days. Uh, I don't know. I could see Papa John being a, being one. The crazy thing about the coronavirus. He has a fever all the time, right? <laughs> the crazy thing about the coronavirus right now is that it's like the people that are normally really into conspiracy theories, now that like something crazy globally is happening, they're the ones that are like, nah, it's bullshit. <laughs> like, that's their conspiracy theory, that it's not happening, that it's not that bad, that it's all made up. Yeah. Or it's like, no, this is the thing you guys were always scared for. Now it's kind of, it's not happening that bad yet, but yeah. like, you know, and I think some people are going overboard, 
but uh but most rational people are like not even most right everybody's like you gotta wash the shit out of your hands mm-hmm. try not to touch things don't touch your face and like i said you know a bunch of places are saying like eh, you know don't go out and buy out the supermarket but get some stuff so that you don't so that if uh shipments are disrupted or you you can't leave and actually the the great point the thing i was i was reading uh said they were like if you come down with this if you do get sick now look at this we're a public service um most people aren't getting sick to the point where they require hospitalization so it's really like you gotta prepare for you might have to isolate yourself for a few weeks yeah and you you really shouldn't be ordering seamless you shouldn't be going to the supermarket you shouldn't even be having other people go to the supermarket for you you gotta make sure that you can just kind of like stay home yeah and not bother anyone for two weeks <laughs> not if you're feeling horrible the right whole time. Yeah. right that would be terrible right but imagine somebody said like for the good of humanity <laughs> huh? you just need to stay home and like watch tv for three and, and weeks play video games yeah. and read and yeah. yeah and like they can't ask don't do you. any work well they can't make you do <laughs> That's work true, yeah because like Whenever honestly I'm... if i got this thing and i hope i don't mm-hmm I'm more concerned for for the vulnerable people. Exactly, in my life. I don't want to give it to anybody else. Yeah, but if I got it and it was mild, mm-hmm. I would definitely play it up, <laughs> so I wouldn't have to do work. Right, or you... I could use it to shirk my responsibilities in general. Right, I always think that's going to be the case when I get sick, and then when I'm sick, I get so restless right away that I just like can't even but what about veg out. The, they have movies on demand now, Tom. They do? Yeah. Where? At the theater? Tim, I can't go to the theater. In your home, Tom. Well, I don't have room for a, uh, a projection screen in my home. You, you must be crazy. You can watch them right on your television set, Tom. Oh, sure. Old movies that came out decades ago. Tom, get this. And if if I happen to be home when they're airing on television. Oh, they're... Tom... You, did you not hear me through your thick fucking skull on demand and new movies? First run nude movies. movies. Yeah, nude oh, movies okay. too. Yeah. Well, now uh, now you have my attention, Tim. This week I've been reading uh, part three of Papa John, Papa: The Story of Papa John by Papa John, John H. Schnatter. Schnatterer. Schnatterer was is family's former name i read two they used to be a lot more schnatterer (laughs) but then they toned it down a bit um uh well i told you last week that that meant the gabbler oh yeah so maybe they used to be a lot more talkative and now they're less yeah uh i read two chapters this week again this book is very difficult to dice up into four equal sections is Anybody who's listening, reading along, or has anybody gotten this book? Uh, sound off in the comments. Yeah, actually, I am interested because I yeah. s- I saw some people they were trying. Yeah, they were trying. Uh, I was suggesting library because it was tough for me to even get a copy, and also people were like, "I don't want to support this guy. I don't want I don't want uh, the publishing company to be like, oh, there's a run on it. Let's start another print." I mean, that, I mean, I think we'd get a nice little tip of the hat from... Uh, we'd get a, like a little sticker like the Oprah Book Club has. I think we should have that. <laughs> if they put Books the Podcast stickers on old copies of Papa. I like the idea of somebody going uh, to buy the Great Gatsby and seeing a Books the Podcast sticker on it, them looking it up and then hearing us talk about it. <laughs> Oh, maybe I maybe I shouldn't even mention this on the show. We should get some of those stickers printed up and put them in uh, stores. <laughs> put them on the copies. Why not? I mean, because you'd be defacing. You wouldn't be defacing. It'd be an easily removable sticker. Okay, it had to be one of those like color to, form style. We can send them out to people and tell them to put them on the books in their local bookstores. <laughs> um. So yeah, uh, part three. Two chapters, Fix It and Head Coach. Nice. Both of these sound uh, 
exciting. Both of these were pretty boring chapters. Uh, fix it. He begins talking about uh, Papa. When we when we last left him, he had just started franchising. Uh, or is this no longer his life story? N- yeah, it kind of oh a little bit because so when we last left him, uh, they had gone public and they were franchising and they were booming. They oh, were right, taking right, off. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is like the mid to late nineties. And he was talking shit about the franchisees that uh, went uh, too far away from the the. Yeah. Next closest franchisee. It was like, well, maybe you could have told them that. This yeah. book, uh, and I'll, I'll I'll get to some examples of this. Papa John hates his franchise. <laughs> you know what the thing is about obscenely wealthy people? What? When 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 you hear when they tell their story, it's amazing that they were successful despite everybody else in the whole world being so incompetent. Right. Or, or trying to trying to stop them getting yeah, in their way. Yeah. Exactly. Man, it's it's a, it's a miracle that that they're smart and resilient enough to well, to prevail. The thing is, like reading this book, I'm saying to myself, "Papa, you could have saved yourself a lot of trouble here by you're a control freak." Which is fine to a certain extent. <laughs> sure. Don't franchise out your restaurants. You're a control. Uh, you know, I've talked on this. Sh- I used to work for Apple Retail uh, when I was there. Steve Jobs is the CEO, famous control freak. He did not franchise out his stores. Right. In fact, he made it more difficult for third party stores and repair centers to exist because he was a control freak and he knew. Well, if it if that's outside my control, then I I can't control it. Yeah, and or Papa, profit off of it. Uh, well, you still can, but not as yeah. first off, not as well, not as efficiently. Yeah, uh, you're taking less risk doing franchising, right. of course, but you're not taking as much profit. But Papa John is such a control freak. Stop franchising out your stores. Of course, they're going to fuck everything up. Of course, they're not going to run things the way you want it run. And also, they don't have to because they've paid you already for for the likeness and the name and everything. They can do whatever the fuck they want. And if they run their their store into the ground, that a it's going to be bad for them. They're, it's going to fuck them up more than you. But yeah, it is going to uh, deface your brand it's going to bring your brand down and that's why they had to pay you for that right if apple he yeah you got paid for it. it yeah um if if apple franchised their apple stores yeah there would have been a murder steve jobs would have murdered somebody he would have he had would have, somebody else murder someone he would yeah. have like driven no he would have been in a blind rage <laughs> he would have driven by a franchise apple store see that like they had a signage that said like twenty five percent off or something, and he yeah. had gone in there and be like, "Who's running this fucking shit show?" and just like ripped somebody's throat out. So at the Palo Alto Apple Store, which was the one closest to to Steve Jobs' house, which like God, I can't even imagine. It must have been hell working there because he would just like pop in all the time. Um, there was signage near the registers. That had like uh, like terms and conditions or whatever for like the credit cards that were accepted, mm-hmm. and he was like, "What is this?" And like, uh, "It's not, you have to. I don't want it." Well, you have to have it. Maybe you misheard. I don't want it. So they got rid of it, and they just paid the fines constantly because he was like, "No, it's ugly. I don't want it." Uh, and that was you know the way he ran shit because yeah. it was just like, "Well, no, I'm in charge." You're telling me no. I'm telling you, don't worry about it. I'll we'll pay. Sometimes when you do that, you realize, well, the consequences didn't actually exist. Right. So why don't you just do whatever you want? Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of the way Papa John thinks. Bad people that figure that out. (laughs) That's kind of the way Papa John thinks. Except again, he doesn't understand these are franchises. They've paid you for the right to be a Papa John's, so you can only exact so much control over them. Mm -hmm. And I understand why you don't like that, so don't do it. (laughs) 
don't take their money for a franchise. Make every store a corporate store, and you'll have the control that you desire. He wants his cake and to eat it, too. Exactly. Uh, so he talks a lot in the, the Fix-It chapter. It's about two things. It begins talking about, again, how Papa would uh, let him and his, uh, his brother and sister run around on the, the farm and fix things up. Or if something broke, he had to fix it. And it was actually, I, want, uh, I thought it was a little bullshit because like, he didn't go into details. where it was like he kind of made it sound like oh my papa had me you know fixing tractors at eight years old and not with that not really with any guidance just with me telling me fix it and i took it apart i had to figure it out it's like i don't really buy that and especially when he was talking about the mixer problems before where it's like well you're using a world war one mixer why didn't you fix that? Why didn't you look into? Certainly they've made advancements in mixers that they don't break constantly. I have to have my uncle machine a drive shaft that he sneaks out in the pant leg of his of his uh, pants every day. Like, yeah, let me look into this or let me fix this thing. I love how every interesting story a rich person has is a total fabrication also. <laughs> it's either a fabrication. Yeah, no, that's not. But like every interesting story in like, one of these these uh, CEO biographies. It's either a fabrication or like, let me tell you a story about I broke the, how I broke the law ten different ways, but now like the statute of limitation have passed, so I'm going to tell you about it. So when will Papa John finally be brought to justice? <laughs> I thought that's what this podcast was. I thought this was kind of like a serial in that way. <laughs> That there would be another trial. Um, so he uh, he talks about uh, that they have um, the six P's at Papa John's. And it stands for... Piss. Poop. Tim, you're not that far off. Perfect preparation prevents piss poor performance. Poop. <laughs> and poop. That's the seventh P. <laughs> That's the secret seventh P <laughs> that they only tell you once you become a, a regional manager. Um, what was it? Precarious? No. Uh, perfect preparation prevents piss poor performance. Okay. That's not. That's not a bad. That's not a bad uh, motto to no. to live by. They know? would ask Papa John. You know what? Uh, it, it could be more succinctly stated be prepared yeah boy scouts figured that out they sure they did they to use uh, their piss mouth i i beg your pardon <laughs> that's what papa john has a piss mouth because he's always saying piss <laughs> sound like that <laughs> but the papa john the, the wet and sweaty man is a piss mouth i assume that uh like some uh, other executive came up with uh perfect preparation prevents piss poor performance uh, as a way, as something they could ask Papa John to repeat before they let him get into his car every night <laughs> to see if he was all right to drive home or not. They probably had a lot of tests like that. <laughs> um, so he talks about how this is like the late 90s now. Uh, in the back of my mind, I thought that somebody somewhere was going to turn the lights off. Maybe it was the result of my mother's influence. I will never forget her telling me that I would be worthless if I couldn't provide for my family and loved ones. Um, and so now this is when they opened their thousandth and fifteenth, five hundred and thousandth store. And he includes the pictures because he says, I look back on these pictures of myself from this time period and I see the fear written all over my face. I wasn't enjoying Papa John's success. So then he talks about he he talks at great length about like his high school basket baseball coach and how like he what position did Papa play? I don't know all of them like Bugs Bunny I think. Oh yeah, he's (laughs) obnoxious like Bugs Bunny. (laughs) Uh, But like he's one of these guys that was like still like uh, friends with his high school coach Mm. and like his high school coach apparently was like I can see you're you're scared John like you're not. like uh he said like you're you you look like a soldier and a soldier 
that's always preparing for war will never find peace or something like that. Okay. So he like, oh, and it's also just an excuse, I think. There's like a half page uh, full color photograph of Papa John's high school baseball team where it's like, who gives a shit? (laughs) Um, There's so many pictures in this book. It's insane. Uh, So he uh, like kind of relaxes a little bit at this point. But then he like... I think the point is, like, he relaxes, and then things, like, immediately start going downhill, according to him. (laughs) See? This is why. Yeah, kind of. This is why I need to be a tyrant. So he claims that, like, uh, all the executives are being distracted by the trappings of wealth. Attractive ladies walking by (laughs) the store? No, just like the trappings of wealth. Mm. Basically, like the people that were in early. They're enjoying their lives. Yeah, the people that were in early made a lot of money. And instead of working 90 hours a week, they're like buying a boat or a nice house or going on vacations with their family. And he's like furious about this. I, this is insane. This, Papa John, look, you can say a lot of things about him. You can say a lot of things about him. But he's an insane person. Like he, <laughs> he's a workaholic. And now reading this book, I understand why when they got rid of him, he snapped. Um, he was personally involved in the founding of every Papa John site up until store fifteen hundred. So, like he went there. Or he he had like a hand in it. He was involved in it. And do you buy that? Yeah, because judging by a lot of the photos, like he was going to every store. He talks a little bit later. We'll talk about like the he had a he had a private jet, so he was taking the private jet all over the place. Right. Um, which I was kind of like, oh, well, that must be nice. But then when I was reading, I was like. No, I think he got like the private jet out of like necessity for efficiency of like, I want to go to five stores in right. five different states today. And this is the only way I can do that. Uh, he talks about, oh, he talks about, he explains a little bit more about the edge locking where the 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 cheese has to go up to the edge to lock in. Finally, the, some more pizza talk. To lock in the, the sauce. And he was also saying that doing that uh, keeps the uh, air bubbles from developing between the crust and cheese. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, but guess what? Yeah, those are kind of nice. Yeah, they're awesome. Yeah, they're kind of good. Oh, so actually, yeah, I have this layer in my notes. But he talks- This guy doesn't even know what's good about pizza. He talks a lot in this about, um, you know, (laughs) the the 10-point pizza scale. Uh, he says, when a when a store makes a perfect 10 pizza, I send them a personally signed thank you note. People who practice what we preach at Papa John's deserve to be recognized. And the Just way they're recognized. <laughs> yeah. The way they're recognized is a note that says, good good pizza, yeah. Papa John. Good um, job. I, I cleared another 18 million last year. You know what? There's a lot of pictures. This is actually the one good thing about this chapter. A lot of pictures of pizzas. Mm. And... Well, you want to describe some of them? Yeah, I think there's there's a problem because he shows like f- pizzas that are a five on the scale, and they do look like shit. Like mostly, my biggest problem with them is the toppings aren't evenly distributed, like mm-hmm. at all. Some of them, it's like real bad. Like all the toppings <laughs> are on three slices, right? Um, and some are like really badly misshapen where it's like, come on, that looks like a pizza I would make at home. <laughs> but the like, Tommy, per- you make shitty pizzas, the perfect 10 pizzas. I make pretty good pizzas. I don't know about that. I'll make you a pizza right now. <laughs> um, thank you. <laughs> the perfect 10. Pe- I'm planning on having some Elio's right after we record. You know what? I can't find Elio's that. Uh, isn't either supreme or pepperoni anyway. Really? Yeah. Oh, at my place they've got uh like cheese and zesty cheese. Oh, zesty cheese. Yeah. What's that? Yeah, it's like Italian spices on it. Mm-hmm. I think. I love it. I love an Elios. They're I think great. Elios over Papa John's, ten out of ten times. Mm, maybe. If they were free, Tom. Remember? I know, but I like feeling bad. <laughs> um. Uh, 
the the problem is the perfect ten pizzas that they show, they look like a DiGiorno. They're like too perfect. Yeah, they're too cookie cutter. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, no, this looks like a machine made it. I think that's the the fundamental philosophical difference I have with Papa John. Right. Me too. Like, no, there's. I was there's, also going to say, don't use the N word, but sure. <laughs> there's 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 beauty in the imperfection and yes, uh, uh, original like each. I bet if you go to like a real nice pizzeria, not even nice, like just a, a good pizzeria, like a. A no frills, not not like a brick oven place. A no frills slice place. They would tell you every pizza is different, and that's what's beautiful about it. Right? They wouldn't say no. We can make every pizza perfect the same way every time. They'd be like, "Eh, yeah, there's a little variance, and that's what's great." Yeah, I could see someone who wants to franchise out. uh, Right. I think that's that's important uniformity and all, but like. that's never what I'm looking for um, when I'm looking for a quality meal. That it's yeah, just like everything perfect. is perfectly constructed. There's no bubbles in the pizza. Nah, give me the yeah. bubbles. Well, especially nowadays, like actually when I was saying like uh, brick oven pizza places, like, you know, there's a bunch in New York where it's, you know, a nicer, uh, like an actual restaurant. And that's kind of what they lean on that it's like, oh, this is like very obviously you can tell we made this here. Yeah. Anyway, to this day, the first thing he does when he goes in a store is he gives every team member a high five. Now, wouldn't you like that more than a raise? Uh, uh, no one in Papa John's. Oh, so this he talks about how um, uh, the quality starts going down and he just kind of doesn't know what to do. He gets this guy Blaine Hurst in. <laughs> Blaine Hurston? No, Blaine Hurst in. <laughs> His name's Blaine Hurst. Um, uh, he got him back on the right track by showing him complex technologies and systems he implemented at Boston Market, and none of which I understood. You don't hear much about Boston Market nowadays, huh? I mean, there's two within walking distance of my current home. Oh, really? Yeah, weird, right? Yeah. Yeah, because I, I I don't hear much about them either. Yeah, I feel like their quality must have just like gone down tremendously. Because when I feel they like first that's got everything, yeah, when like they first got big, it was like, oh, this is like a fast food place that sells like home style food, actual like yeah. quality when it was just stuff. Boston Chicken. Yeah, yeah, they were the rotisserie chicken yeah. place. Yeah, no, I think that happens when things expand too quickly. Yeah. Um, and oh, then, well, Papa's got something to say about that a little later. And then later. maybe some private equity gets involved and they're like, oh, no, we got to, you know, drive up the profit You margin. know who I actually think it is? It's the franchisees. Yeah? Yeah. Which I'll, I'll get to. There's a good example of it. That are pushing for like expanded menus and yes, stuff? Yes. Ah. That's exactly what it is. Um. I mean, we saw a little bit of that. Did you ever watch The Founder? Yes. Yeah. Remember when, uh. They're on the golf course, and uh, Michael Keaton as Ray Kroc is like, I hear you're selling hot dogs at your place, and like, confronts uh, <laughs> yeah. his friend who's a franchisee. He's like, or he's like, they're selling like Italian subs or something. He's like, we don't fucking sell that at McDonald's. <laughs> and like, almost like punches him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 100%, because I think what happens is franchisees, you know, they open up in a town, and they're the big new thing. Yeah, I remember when we were growing up in the suburbs, like a new uh, fast food place that you've never heard of opened, like a Checkers yeah. or whatever, and you're like, oh, man, like, the, oh, there's a new king in town or whatever, and you get real excited about it, but then that excitement fades, and yeah. then some other new thing pops in, the the Quiznos to the Subway. Exactly. And then all of a sudden, Subway's saying, well, we got to have toasted subs, too. Right. And the franchisees, they don't care about the whole business. They're looking at the store that opened next door in the strip mall. Right. Or further down the highway. And they're saying, we got to compete with them. They got hot dogs. We got to have hot dogs. Yeah, this is how you get these idiots at Burger King selling tacos now. Because they're like, we're next to a Taco Bell. We got to have tacos. Those tacos. (sighs) Anyway. (laughs) I'm glad they didn't have a vegetarian option. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, I don't want to eat that shit. Papa says, now, I've never been the best at recognizing the need for technology. I remember in 1987 when Denise showed me we needed a printer for the office at the Clarkville. slapped her across the face. (laughs) Clarksville Commissary. Uh, I had no interest in what I thought was an extravagant expense. I responded that the copy machine doesn't make pizzas. Uh, but uh, but th- this guy convinced him otherwise. And then on a flight from... Oh, man, was able to... <laughs> yeah. Denise, I bloodied her mouth when she made that suggestion. On a, on a fl- then Doug told me. On a flight from Denver to Phoenix... Uh, uh, he came, uh, Papa came up with what he described as the 10 commandments for technology. <laughs> and they're written out like the thou shalt all that. That sounds very cool. Um, and they suck. Like you read them and it's like, Oh, I don't know. That's just common sense. Like thou shalt not implement technology that makes things slower. <laughs> um, so basically, the technology thing is just that, like, they get computers at their office in the 90s <laughs> when everything was computer-based, um, and they, like, standardized their POS system. Right. Um, and, I think it's a piece of shit. So <laughs> uh, and their point-of-sale system, it's like, I... No, it's not a piece of shit system. <laughs> no. It's like, I, I fought against, like, making it too complex... And, like, maybe I don't know enough about, like, POS systems in fast food places, but I feel like none of them ever got, like, that. you go to McDonald's and it's pictures. Yeah. Like, McDonald's is famous for their, like, zero-minute training or whatever that, like, somebody could come off the street and they can put them behind a register and they'd be able to figure it out. Yeah. Now the consumer's figuring it out. Exactly. Hear what Taco Bell's doing now? What? There's a button you can press, and it'll uh, make the only vegetarian options show up. On the oh, button. really? Yeah. Huh. You know what? I've I've used the Taco Bell, uh, you know, serve self service yeah. kiosk a few times. I love it for no other reason than Taco Bell's so customizable. Mm-hmm. But you don't know what's available, what exactly. the options are, and how much they cost. And they always got some new fakakta thing there, and they, <laughs> they'll surface those in the right. right. It's 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 I I enjoy that interface. Uh, yeah, because I got like you know I I went there a couple of weeks ago and got whatever uh, like box was the new thing. Yeah, and you know what this box is always like, eh, and we give you a hard shell taco, and I was like, eh, I guess I don't really want that though. But in this interface, it's like. Would you like to make that a Doritos taco? Would you like to make that a taco? Yeah, like, uh, I've never thought of that. Yeah, you can make that a Doritos yeah. Taco Supreme for 50 more cents. And yeah. it's like, oh, why the hell not? Yeah. So it's great. I'll live at the Taco Bell. <laughs> um, uh, oh, but, but now he still can't figure out what's going on. He talks to, I think his... You know what? I took some notes here that were voice notes, and I don't know if it translated them properly. <laughs> but I think the guy's name was Vino. Uh, it was like the, wine. Yeah, it might have been Vito. It was Vito or Vino. It was an Italian guy. It makes more sense if it's Vito because that's like an actual name. <laughs> he ran the uh, 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 Stanislaus, Stanislaus Stanislaus where they get their uh, fresh packed tomatoes. Okay. He ran that company, and he's like Vino. I don't Vito. I don't know. I can't improve the quality. The quality of my restaurants is going downhill. What do I do? He called him up and uh, he's like, well, uh, like, here's a couple of ideas. But like, I don't the, I got to go. I'm on a fishing trip in the Florida Keys with the president of my company right now. And he and Papa John said, so I told him, great, I'll meet you down there. And we'll try and figure this out. <laughs> Papa gets in his car and drives to the Florida Keys. <laughs> God knows I mean, from Indiana to the Florida Keys. And well, he, he doesn't have a private jet. Yeah, but the he, fuck? he drove his car there because I think like maybe the jet couldn't get going fast enough or something. Right. I think this was like, a you know, Papa put on some diapers and drove all night <laughs> <laughs> like a maniac. This is another, quote, interesting story from a from a monstrously rich CEO. Uh, so uh, he said that they stayed up until the wee hours of the night, which isn't a thing. It's right. the wee hours of the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, but they figured out that Papa John's needs the equivalent of a Bureau of Internal Affairs. (laughs) 
He put it this way. You need, you need good cops looking out for bad cops fundamentally uh, and fundamentally alter our bonus system so it's tied to store-by-store metrics. Um, I mean, I, this is going to sound terrible. I don't disagree. That's the thing. It sucks, but it's like, yeah, I guess that if is what you want. Need. Like, I, th- I think this is my, I don't know. Philosophically, I'm against franchises right or right. I'm, I'm against chains in general oh, i thought you sound like papa john fundamentally you're against franchises <laughs> no i'm against i'm against chains mm-hmm. for this reason where right. it's like no it shouldn't Just super be super pe- corporate yeah exactly but on the other hand i really love taco bell <laughs> right and they're pretty consistent yeah how do they do it i don't know but the the way papa john's figures out and i don't know why it took them four years to figure this out and this other guy had to tell him it's basically just secret shoppers right they get secret shoppers they go in they buy a pizza they take a picture of the pizza and then they also rate and review like the customer service um and they take like multiple they it is pretty interesting in the book they i'll show you afterwards they have multiple pictures of the the actual pizzas that the secret shoppers send them and like Uh with the codes next to it and everything um so this was when, uh, uh, again, this guy's so cheap. He said it cost a sizable chunk of money because they hired half a dozen people. <laughs> um, uh, the photos come back and they realize like real quick, a lot of these are uh, uh, pretty shitty. And they have a big uh, conference for like the, uh, the, the, the Papa John's franchisees and everything. And he's going to give the keynote speech. And I guess he hadn't been at this in like two years. So people are excited about this. Um, uh, yeah, there were 500 franchisees, senior management, key team, team members. Everybody is excited and inspired that I was there. And he got up on stage and he said, do you want to know the truth? This is an easy fix. You guys just need to get your heads out of your asses. <laughs> He said, "Well, that did not go over did well." Did he uh, bang his shoe on the on the podium? <laughs> uh, I don't know, but like he goes back. Oh, so he had stepped down from being president at this time, uh, and he was just CEO. But now he comes back as president, and he's a nut. He's saying that he goes. He, I think, this is when he got the private jet. Actually, um, he returned to some stores seven or eight times in the first two months. Huh. Uh, because they just weren't doing it right, and he had to keep on them. Uh, they didn't have a director of operations or a director of franchise business, so they finally got those. That helped a lot. Um, uh, oh, and then he talks about the franchisees wanting that, like, one franchise. He's like, I'm not going to mention their name, but they uh, were big on, we need chicken wings. That's, that's what we're missing. That's why everything's fucked up. And he like argued this guy, argued this guy. And then it was like the next year at this conference, the franchisee, like I would like to see a movie adapted out of this book directed by Martin Scorsese. Oh, that would be cool. <laughs> because he said this guy came up to him backstage and or, or whatever the first day of the conference and said, uh, I'm going to get chicken on the menu, whether you like it or not. And I'm going to do it by giving a speech. I have a keynote because I'm one of the big franchisees. I'm going to give a speech and I'm going to get everybody on my side and we're going to get chicken and tough shit, Papa John. Right. Papa, nice. Papa John is furious. I guarantee it didn't happen like that, but go He's, on. He said he had no intention of letting that happen and it could embolden others to come up with similarly stupid off-strategy ideas. I had to stop that from happening. I immediately called up the secret shopper program at headquarters uh, and at my request, they spent the next two days getting data from every franchisee, every store of that franchisee. My hunch was correct. Average pizza scores for his stores were under a four. I confronted him and told them if they brought up chicken wings in front of the rest of the companies, I would respond in my own keynote speech. Specifically, I would show everyone a slide of the person's of this person's average pizza scores at his or her stores. The franchisee turned white on the spot. Now I had the upper hand. Stakes were high. Fortunately, the franchisee backed down. Um, 
Uh, and he talks about how a lot of the franchisees uh, like to play the blame game. So they were blaming, oh, we have chicken wings instead of the quality of their pizza being bad. Which I was like, well, that's what you did with the NFL. You said NFL players kneeling was why your sales were no, going no, down. No, 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 no. When Papa John complains about other people, <laughs> it's because he's been wrong. <laughs> right. It's like, no, you never anybody else does. It's whining. The pizza sucks. That's why people stopped yeah. ordering it. Um, he's, uh, I did like he had a line in here, though, where he says the proof is in the pudding or rather the pizza. <laughs> Uh, he talks about in 2001, they became the first pizza chain to offer online ordering, which was when I started ordering pizza when I was in college Mm -hmm. or ordering Papa John's. Did he get that idea from watching the net? Probably when Sandra Bullock orders a pizza. Um, it's literally the only thing I remember from that movie. No, but I remember that was why we ordered Papa John's in college because it was like, hey, you can go online and order yeah. it. And I'm too drunk to coherently speak right now, yeah. but I would really like a pizza. Plus, I was in Maryland. There were like no other pizza. Other... Honestly, Papa John's was by far the best pizza Maryland had I to was offer. in New York City and I always ordered Papa John's. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what I was thinking. It was easy. Again, like the kiosk we're talking about, you could go on the website and see all the available options. If you called back then when the internet was fairly young still, like if you called Pizza Hut, you'd be like, uh, you'd have to remember what the most recent commercials were. Like, oh, yeah, Pizzones? Uh, what flavor Pizzones do you have? Oh, I always know what flavor Pizzones <laughs> they have, Tom. I'm not, I'm not sure if you know this. I'm the Pizzone guy. Uh, they finally got to the point where their pizzas were averaging eight or better. Uh, The dark years, he calls them, were eight years in total. A house divided against itself cannot stand, he says. That's his quote. Wow. Smart man. Um, And a company can't survive very long when its founders are under attack. Can I tell you something? What? A house divided against itself cannot stand. I don't think that's a that great of a quote. No, because like houses don't get divided. Yeah, I <laughs> like mean, a I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Lincoln fan, and I appreciate everything he did. But like that quote, like I don't know. Yeah, a house is divided. I Unless it's some old timey uh, slang that I'm not aware of. I'd love to see that taken out of context. Look, I'm a big fan of everything Abraham Lincoln did, but. <laughs> uh, um, so basically he's still getting like battered by the uh franchisees so he decides to like step down maybe this is when he steps down from president okay um uh, muddy timeline yeah i forget it doesn't matter it literally does not matter not one person cares but he says in this understand that the price of being successful in america is getting attacked by the media and by your own government Uh, that's just the country we live in it's uh, fine i accept it obviously it's not fine and you don't accept it uh actually i think it's funny (laughs) <laughs> and then I'm ne- laughing. The next chapter, uh, head coaches. He explains the concept of a head coach, and I realized that I hate f- grown men who are still obsessed with like sports metaphors yep. mm-hmm. and the idea of like a head coach and every. It's like no, nah, it's a game. Uh, the game is meant to like simulate life. <laughs> B- football is like a, a war simulation, essentially. Right. That's what it is. And that's what most, they're games. They're a competition. Sports are games. Yeah. And when you approach everything in life as a competition, that's just a a very unhealthy way to to go about your life. And when you still have an obsession about like head coaches and stuff, like like whenever, you know, there's a guy running for Alabama Senate right now who is like a former college head coach. Yeah. Where it's like, no, that guy doesn't know how to run yeah. a, a country. He knows how to, you know, get a bunch of 18-year-olds to do what he wants them to. Yeah, by like screaming at them. Yeah, screaming at them, threatening mm-hmm. them, you know, switching the carrot and the stick. That's not, I don't know. I've fuck coaches. I don't like any coaches. I don't know. I've had so many bad coaches uh, playing sports growing up that, like, I think similarly to politics, being a coach attracts like a bad type of yeah. person. Yeah. A bad personality. I had a baseball coach in Little League. Mm hmm. And then 10 years later, his son stole my girlfriend. <laughs> there you go. 
Uh, oh, so uh, the, the head coach is this is when he he like highlights a bunch of Papa John's employees, and he has a grainy. I don't know how they got these pictures, but they're all just like they must have been like, hey, just send us in a picture of yourself. Because like the timeline, like some of these pictures is like, well, no, that picture is from 1985. That person does not look like that now. Wait, who are these pictures of? Papa John's employees that he considers head coaches. Okay. And head coaches are like good guys. Yeah. Uh, one is just a dark and grainy picture of like uh, three franchisees with Peyton Manning. <laughs> uh, one is, is Is this the first... Peyton Manning reference in the book? Yeah, and he's not even labeled in the picture. Weird. Yeah, probably a legal thing. uh, lawyers had (laughs) had him once over. Um, One is a guy who's been a Papa John's delivery guy for 30 years. Okay. Which is just like, oh, that's, I don't know. Yeah. That that guy should be a manager there or something. Like, he's just delivering the pizza still. I like it. I mean, that's kind of what Papa John says. He's like, look, this guy loves doing this, and he he has no desire to become- I tried to give him a raise, and he rejected it. (laughs) Yeah. He's still making minimum wage from 1987. (laughs) Um, uh, He has a picture of him, obviously drunk on a boat with his best friend, uh, who's a guy that he sold Mixed Lounge to in Mm -hmm. uh, the late 80s, and now he's their chief development officer. Uh, a guy that, uh, I mean, there's, it's probably nice for these employees because it's a lot of just like, Hey, this guy started as a part-time employee and now they're the general manager 25 years later. Yeah, And I've seen these, these pages you showed me in the book. It's like one picture per page and a caption. Well, I was going to say the the page layout is super weird in this because like the photo sizes are all over the place. I think they're constrained by like the resolution of the photo. Uh-huh, probably. Uh, because it's not like, oh, everybody gets one page. It's like sometimes people get a big picture and a paragraph that bleeds onto the next page. Sometimes they get a small picture and a whole page about them. I'll tell you this, Tom. Part of me is like, man, what a generous thing that Papa John is doing in what is essentially his autobiography. Right. He is giving credit to people yeah. that have helped him achieve his his success. But then I realize, no, he's probably doing it to inflate the page count because there's oh, some 100%. sort of- Oh, uh, like it's, it's just because he has nothing really to say. And he's like, can we put a bunch of pictures in of me? And they were probably like- no, you look too sweaty and drunk in most of these. <laughs> no, they have a lot. <laughs> but I think it's just like, we don't have any more pictures. Yeah, and it's just like, okay. Um, and they were probably like, can we put in maybe pictures of uh, other employees? And he's just like, I don't know. And yeah, they were just and they're like, probably like, oh, we'll send out a photographer. To take. No, 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 that's too expensive. Just have them email a picture of themselves. They can pick what it is. I think this is done out of laziness more than anything else. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Um, yeah. And then he, he shits on franchisee again, franchisees again, where he says, like, all they care about is how much the ingredients cost. Not oh, so on... these are all corporate guys that he's? Or... No, some oh, okay. are franchisees. But, like, when he points out the good ones, it's always, like, yeah, compared to the shitty franchisees. Right, right. And it's like, yeah, they they. The franchisees care about the bottom line, not your overall business. And again, that's why this is a bad model for for how you want the company to run. Um, And then he has uh, Steve Ritchie. He's now the president of the company. I don't know if he still is. But uh, this guy also sounds like a maniac. He started his own pizzeria as a senior in high school. Who? Steve Ritchie oh, Steve. in the same town because he like saw Papa John's success, started his own pizzeria, trying to model the new uh, young buck Papa John, uh, was trying to steal the recipe out of Papa John's dumpster, which I was like, well, why would they be throwing the recipe out? <laughs> Again, I think a false story yeah, from Papa uh-huh. John. Um, <laughs> Every night we throw out the <laughs> recipe cards because they got pizza sauce all over. Right, and we have to write them again yeah. from scratch. Uh, and especially it's like, 
The recipe for Papa John's is just the suppliers they're <laughs> buying the ingredients from. Yeah. You just watch the trucks. Yeah. Um, uh, that guy, uh, apparently this guy joined Papa John's as a customer service rep after his own pizzeria as a 17-year-old failed. Uh, and now, you know, is is the president. And he also talks about... Uh, the uh, pilot of his private plane who unfortunately has passed. Um, and he does tell a pretty good story about this guy where he's like, he's like, uh, the deal was I'm the boss on the ground, but he's the boss on the, in the air. And I found out the hard way one day because I mean, he doesn't say it, but presumably he was drunk on the plane. <laughs> and he says, must be a nightmare barge it into the cockpit. <laughs> yeah. And he, well, yeah. And he told the guy, uh, do a barrel roll on the plane. And he said, the guy said, no, shut up and sit down. And then he said, I told him again, no, I'm the boss. You do a barrel roll on the plane. So he did it. <laughs> and like, oh, I can imagine the fucking mess doing that in a private jet. <laughs> and it sounds like he scared the shit out of Papa John. Uh, and Papa, after that, was like, oh, you're the boss. I'm sorry. I'll never give you orders again. So I think the guy was basically like, you're thinking of Top Gun, man. It's not going to work that way if I do it. Huh? All right, I'll show you. <laughs> man, what are the logistics of a barrel roll? Could like... Can A320 do a barrel roll? Uh, I believe so, Without but... just it, falling from the sky? It would It would have to be, I think, pretty slow. And, like, yeah, it, probably the engine would stall out. Like, you would never want to do it. Yeah, yeah. I bet Sully could do it. <laughs> oh, of course, Sully, Sully talked about doing it, that that was... No, I'm thinking of... Uh, no, that's what that... Uh, that uh, You're having an argument with yourself. <laughs> That Denzel Washington movie. Flight. Yeah, he landed upside down, uh, remember? I, I never I saw, never saw it. But I remember in the trailers, he, he landed yeah. upside down. Because he had he the had wheels wouldn't come down. He had a drinking problem, but apparently that was neither here nor there. <laughs> About him landing a plane I mean, upside I, down. I've never seen the movie Sully. <sighs> I still can't believe that. You're a sick man. I just don't You're like really... Clint Eastwood and his fucking agenda. Yeah. His agenda is just that, like... The government's bad. Yeah, they screw over everybody. Yeah, because that movie is about, like, the FAA. And it was like, no, the FAA... never happened. Nobody ever... No, they were like, you are a hero. Yeah, now let's investigate what happened so it never happens again. Right, and they're like, no, they wanted to nail Sully to the wall. It's like, nope, they were holding him up as, like, look, we hold pilots to such a high standard, and this guy is the, the, the proof of concept. Grace under fire. Anyway, that was it for this episode of Papa John. Books of Podcast, Papa John. Books uh, of Podcast, Papa, the story of Papa John by Papa John, John H. Schneider. Er. Schnatter. Schnatter. Er. Come on, man. Schnatter's not a name. I've never heard it. I know. Everything about him is fabricated. <laughs> so his name is Schneider, and he doesn't want to say it because he probably got into a fight with Rob Schneider at a college basketball game or something. I bet he and Rob Schneider would get along just Yeah, they fine. would get along like yeah. peas in a pod. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so next week, there's still more to this book? A little bit more. Okay. A lot less than this, uh, but it's uh, Kingship. Okay. And this is about how companies fail. Mm. I haven't read it yet, but I, I, yeah, he's been teasing it in the last few chapters. Now, what? All right, you're gonna you're gonna uh, do a book report on that mm-hmm. portion next week, and the following week, you want me to watch a two hour interview? With yeah, Papa I'm gonna Jim? watch it too. I'm excited to watch it. Okay. I'm not excited to. I want to know. I am. I wish it was 45 minutes. Yeah. I'm. Uh, you might be able to. I, I don't know if he's the guest the whole time, so oh, you yeah, might be able okay. to skip around. Um, I'm very curious. Now that I know a lot of the names of these people, I want to know who stabbed him in the back. Yeah. Now I'm real curious because this was written before that. So, like, I think some of the people that stabbed him in the back, he's singing their praises in this book. Yeah. And then it's like, a you know, a real uh, Shakespearean drama here that they turned on him. Yeah. I mean. Et tu, Brute? I think there are a couple good um, articles that chronicle 
Yeah, I have one saved to pocket uh, yeah. from um, I think it was like Esquire or something. Yeah, so it might be uh, might be good to refer to that one when this is all said and done. Yeah, uh, Forbes. It's in the inside story of Papa John's toxic culture. Nice. Apparently, old Papa had a few NDA. Uh, no, a few uh, settled court cases. I think he might have just made a joke that, uh, <laughs> that a they woman didn't, didn't like. like yeah. yeah. Anyway. Anyway, thank you for being a patron. Sorry, we talked about uh, the terrifying uh, global pandemic for ten minutes at the beginning of this episode, but that's eh, what. But on if our you mind. forgot about it, there's another reminder. Sweet dreams. Thank you.